You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network. This is Dave Welch, and you are listening to the Little Beaver Historical Society Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Little Beaver Historical Society's podcast. I'm your host, Dave Holowiko. September 22nd, Little Beaver Historical Society hosted an interesting event called the Roundhead Family Reunion. The Roundheads were the 100th Pennsylvania Volunteers, formed by Colonel, we say leisure, but the family who were here say leisure and leisure, and many other ways to pronounce it. But Colonel Leisure was a doctor in Darlington, who formed this regiment from troops from Beaver County, Lawrence County, Mercer County, and some of the other surrounding counties. Joining me, and he flew all the way in from Washington for the event, is Dave Welsh, who runs the 100th Pen website. website 100thpen.com. A lot of what took place yesterday is all because of Dave. And I'll let Dave tell you, how did you get involved with this, Dave? Years ago, mid-90s, mid-1990s, a cousin of mine, Pat Deneen, she uh, had a son who was putting together a report for a school project. And um, she sent me some of his um, information, uh, or she was some of the things that she had ordered from the uh, archives, some pension records and some military records. So when I got these things, she sent them to me in the mail, and I had never seen any information before about this regiment. So I didn't really follow them prior to the 1990s. I had an interest in history and in the Civil War, but I didn't really know fully my, my heritage. And so this kind of opened the door to that. And realized that, that I, I had an ancestor, a great-great-grandfather, whose name was uh, Colonel Norman J. Maxwell. And he ended up being the last commander of the, of the Roundhead Regiment, the 100th Pennsylvania. So that just intrigued me. I wanted to know what the, the name meant and uh, started doing some further research. And um, that led me to ultimately develop the website. Initially, um, my uh, uh, research led me to put together first a biographical profile. Uh, I ran into a gentleman named Eric Davis. And he already had a diary online uh, named the B.F. Junkin Diary, Bingham Finley Junkin. And he was uh, from Company E uh, as well as my great-great-grandfather. And um, so he offered to publish my biographical profile online. And this is back early days of the Internet. There hadn't been, you know, there wasn't a lot of stuff out there. There was a few things out there, but uh, not nearly as developed as as it is today as far as the information. Uh, And so once I put that thing together, then uh, that spurred my my interest to see that the internet's really a pretty cool thing to uh, to get information and to read about history and to learn about history. And uh, I said, no, maybe I'll try to do something else here. And I, I decided to put together a uh, website that was called the uh, Colonel Maxwell Museum uh, for my for my ancestor. And uh, probably should backtrack a little bit here and talk about the reunion. Because uh, before I actually developed the website, I ended up going to a reunion back in Mercer County in Grove City, Pennsylvania. Uh, met a gentleman named Tim Bennett, because I was doing some research at that time looking into Colonel Maxwell. And when I when I uh, tapped into uh, some information from uh, historical Mercer County Historical Society, Tim Bennett suggested that we do a, a ceremony, a rededication ceremony for his gravesite, because Colonel Maxwell lived to the ripe old age of about 95 years old, almost 95 years old, and many of the soldiers that were under his command had already passed away. And so Tim Bennett wanted to uh, honor this man who had become a 
brevet brigadier general, uh, the only general, I think, that was from Mercer County area. And so he did a ceremony uh, in uh, Grove City in 1996. And he said it was my responsibility to put together, uh, in, you know, invites to all family uh, descendants of Colonel Maxwell. So I put that together. And then we all met in Grove City in 1996 and uh, attended the ceremony. The author, uh, historian of the uh, Roundhead uh, Regiment history named William Gavin uh, was there and spoke. Met some other interesting individuals there as well. I uh, need to tell a story here about what actually happened at that time. There was a reception that occurred at the reunion, uh, and my uncle, uh, Chuck Welch, uh, he lives in South Carolina, he uh, was talking with Bill Gavin, William Gavin, and starts talking to him and uh, discovers that Bill Gavin and my father and my uncle, Chuck, all went. They all grew, grew up in the same town in uh, Oil City, Pennsylvania. And so I said, well, that's kind of seems like a coincidence. Well, then the story went further and we discovered that Bill Gavin, the historian of the 100th Pennsylvania Roundhead Regiment, first got his interest in history from my grandfather. And he didn't know that. He had never made that connection before and nor did we know that either. So once I once I discovered that, I was kind of like, something's meant to be here. You know, I, I you know I, I'm, I'm supposed to do something here. You know, I felt like I really, really did feel like a, a destiny. And, and uh, at that point, I really started making a concerted effort towards making the uh, 100th Pennsylvania website. So I know at the at the reunion here in Darlington just recently that you met people that have you've worked with for 20 years. I did. On the website, you've never met them personally met until this person. last Saturday. That's right. Never met before in person many people. Mike Kraus, for example, historian and he's a curator in a museum uh, down in Pittsburgh that I just visited today by the way. Just amazing building and amazing collection uh, there in uh, in uh, Pittsburgh Soldiers and Sailors Hall. And so um yeah, I never met him before. Uh, I met a Another gentleman who was also at the reunion on Saturday, Carl Clink, he went out of his way to, to talk to me and, and he was interested in Colonel Maxwell and then told me uh, that he was also a descendant of the 100th Pennsylvania. He was he was a descendant of uh, Corporal John T. Cooper of Company K. And so he said, well, you know, I do this um, living history reenacting re- uh, out in uh, California, Southern California. And if you ever get down that way, because he knew I was out on the West Coast from because I'm from the Seattle area, why don't you come down and check out one of the re- enactments and I'll give you all the equipment, uniform, and everything you need to try it out and, and you know, portray this great regiment, the 100th Pennsylvania Roundheads. So I'll take you up on that. A couple years later, 1998, I went and did my first reenacting event and I, I, I loved it and uh, decided this is something I wanted to do as a hobby and uh, and also a way to uh, honor my uh, uh, Civil uh, War and, and I have a question. When you when you did the reenacting mm-hmm. of the 100th, mm-hmm. did do you think it brought you closer to your ancestors? Do you I think, think you realize I, what he went through and what? Absolutely. Because uh, I, I was, when I first started reenacting before my family got involved, I kind of learned for how to do uh, reenacting at the, what they would call the campaign level, or they call progressive reenacting, where people will essentially just take everything uh, on their back, pack a knapsack, and you have rations, you know, your uh, hardtack, you know, crack hard crackers and and uh, salt pork, you know, or bacon and, and a few other coffee and a few other things and, you know, for rations. And 
and that's what you're carrying with you. And you're not necessarily using any tents, either canvas, because we were representing, you know, campaign in the in the summertime. They weren't necessarily using any any tents and canvas when they were on campaign, summer campaigns. And so I learned that. That's how I learned reenacting. And yet I, I quickly discovered having a family that well, it was going to be harder <laughs> to to do reenactment that way. But I learned from that that angle, and that, and and that I think I really appreciated that. And so it did make me realize a little bit, at least some of the hardships they went through uh, as far as, you know, sleeping on the ground and, and uh, you know, not necessarily eating home-cooked meals, you know, camping. And if you get cold, you get cold. You didn't have a lot to, uh, they didn't have a lot to keep them warm at night. Uh, wool well, blanket. What, right, wool blanket. And, 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 a, and a gun blanket. And, and the, the privates and the enlisted men were given their uniforms, but all of the officers were anticipated that they would buy their own uniforms. Exactly, right. So if you were a general or a captain or a lieutenant, you didn't get a uniform you had to buy everything well they had a little bit more money than the privates as far as their you know commission but still no that's a very good point so learning more about your ancestor uh mr maxwell well general maxwell actually Mm -hmm. at the end of the war he started out as a private and worked his way up to general within what years a couple years he actually started out as a sergeant and uh, and then worked his way up to uh captain fairly quickly he became a captain by 1863 and so for uh two years 1863 and 1864 he was a captain of company e of the 100th pennsylvania and then uh after in 1864 he was uh commissioned a uh major and uh towards the end of the war uh, outside of Petersburg, he was second in command. And when uh, Joseph Pentecost, who was l- Lieutenant Colonel uh, Joseph Pentecost, uh, fell mortally wounded at uh, Fort Stedman, then, then uh, Major Maxwell assumed command. And uh, at that point, after Fort Stedman had been taken, he and some other uh, commanders uh, from the 9th Army Corps gathered together and, and made a plan to retake the fort. The attack uh, happened in the early morning hours, and then they said, well, we, we got to take this back. Uh, they were wanted to prevent Robert E. Lee from breaking through the lines. And then he was going to, Lee wanted to break through the lines and then recombine with with Sherman's forces. And uh, that never happened. So what I find interesting is is how this all interrelates to us is uh, Jay Paisley, our, our vice president, wrote mm-hmm. a book called The Huffman Letters. Mm-hmm. And The Huffman Letters were, uh, William Henry Huffman was Company D yep. of the 100th. And we actually, I think Mike Krause had the letter or somebody else had the letter. There's actually a letter from Win- William Henry Huffman that was written about your great-grandfather saying what yes. a good commander he was. Yes, I can tell that story. So in the early 1900s, um, my great-great-grandfather, Colonel Norman J. Maxwell, uh, was retiring from the Soldiers and Sailors Home up in Erie, Pennsylvania. And the state of Pennsylvania commissioned to give him a retirement gift, which was a book that had uh, a lot of uh, hand-done uh, artwork uh, as far as the commission, you know, showing his service. Uh, right. And they did it all in in ink, in colored inks. And it was very meticulous, very, very uh, fine detail. And uh, so, so all that was presented. Uh, and then also some hand artwork of some things like some stacked arms and and the ninth army corps uh badge and a few other items and uh and then at the back of this book was used for tribute letters and so this huffman letter was a tribute letter that was in the back it's interesting because we did not know here in darlington we didn't know that letter existed existed until the reunion on Saturday. Yep. So it all interties with Colonel Leisure, the founder of the, and uh, with the first commander yes. of the regiment, your great-great-grandfather, yes. the last commander of the regiment. So you came to the reunion. What did you, I mean, I, I don't know what you expected. I don't know what I expected. Was the reunion a experience that brought you closer to the people that 
care about the oh, same things you absolutely. do, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think we do share this common uh, bond. Um, and they have an interest in history, obviously, and they also have an uh, interest in their family history and, and their ancestors and and the Civil War and and how that all comes together. And and I think they I don't think people necessarily realize you know this regiment how you know well thought of they were. I mean, they were a fighting regiment. You know, there were many regiments in the Civil War, and the, and there were there were a number of fighting regiments, uh, but there were also many regiments that that never went into battle. Right, uh, they would have been. Uh in other places, uh, guarding in, Washington, right, or in a fort, right. station somewhere, and or, or in reserve, right? You know, for different battles, and may not have participated in a lot of battles. Well, well Dave actually brought the the regimental flag, a copy of it, yes. to and and on the flag are the, all the battles they mm-hmm. were in, and it reads a who's who of the largest battles in the Civil War. Yes, and the only one that they missed was Gettysburg. They Pretty missed much the, Gettysburg. of the major battles. That was really really about the only major battle, uh, uh, Gettysburg, at least on the east. The Eastern what, campaigns. What I find interesting about the hundredth, and I know you know this as a fact, is a lot of the a lot of these regiments would fight in in the east, or they would fight in mm-hmm. the west, or they would fight. The Roundheads were everywhere. They did. They traveled by land uh, as far as train uh, on the march, uh, and they also traveled by boat, both steamer and gunboat, uh, on some of the uh, rivers uh, in and around down uh, on South Carolina campaigns. Right. And so they, they were known to have, have logged, uh, you know, one of the regiments that logged the most miles uh, of regiments in the Civil War by land and uh, water, by train, by march, by boat. Look at the Ninth Corps' back badge or its flag, it has an anchor and mm-hmm. a cannon on it. And everybody asks, well, why does it have an anchor? It has an anchor because they did a lot of raids along the coast by boat. Yeah, It wasn't really Navy. It was the Army that, that attacked by boat. One of the things I just learned this weekend from Mike Krause, he, he was indicating, too, that the uh, Ninth Army Car Badge, he believed, was uh, also partially because of uh, Burnside's involvement with the Rhode Island. Right. And apparently, some of the, at least the, uh, I think it's the anchor, maybe, that that's on the uh, Rhode Island uh, flag. That's a very good uh, possibility. State, but, state flag. but I know Ambrose, when he, before he became Ninth Corps, mm-hmm. did a lot of battles where he he actually landed troops along the shore with yes. boats. That was yes. one of his it was his big things. He he was actually. And we're speaking of General Ambrose, who was who was head of the Ninth Corps and actually was head of the whole army for Ambrose a while. Burnside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, Ambrose Burnside. Mm-hmm. He's actually part head of the whole army for a while until mm-hmm. Grant took over. Uh, right. Was, yeah. And he struck he struck a very uh, impressive military pose. He was a very he was a very tall man. He was very meticulously dressed. Uh, Ambrose Burnside, General Burnside, and I have a, a letter back at home that Elisha Bracken, one of the soldiers from the 100th Pennsylvania, wrote, where he, when he looked at Grant compared to looking at Burnside, he actually stated in his letter that Grant was small potatoes compared to Ambrose Burnside. I, you, if you look at the pictures and you understand, he had these these mutt, this mutton chop type beard, yes. very meticulous uniform, very meticulous. Yep. And, and, and every picture I've ever seen of him. Yep. And you see Grant, and he's got this slouchy hat and a cigar hanging just out of his mouth. He just, just looks sloppier. He just looks right. Yeah. I guess the, the uniform doesn't make the general. No, not at all. Because we all know now that, that uh, Grant was a very important and uh, and very aggressive general that helped probably end up uh, uh, ending the war sooner right. than it otherwise would have ended. So we'll get back to your website now. The website starts to progress, uh, and then you get on Facebook with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you got on Facebook, that attracted an entirely different crowd, right? It did. Well, what happened uh, is uh, back in the uh, late 2000, well, I was about 2007 or 
so, I was getting to a point where I was having a hard time. I had a I had a page on my website that was for descendants. Uh, had descendant emails on there for, and I organized it by company. So, like, so certain soldier from a certain company that was an ancestor of a certain individual, and then I put that person's email address down. Well, what happened is over time, you know, people's email addresses change. Right. And some, and so I, and I couldn't keep up with the email address changes, you know, as far as making updates to my website. So I finally got to a point said, this is, this is not going to happen <laughs> anymore. So I said, well, I, I got to do something different. So about that same time, Facebook comes along, social media. And so I said, well, I think I'll try this and see how, how it works, but I'll, I'm going to put together a, a social media group page, Facebook group page, and, and just see what happens. And uh, so it started with a a handful of people, including myself. I put a few people that I already knew included in the group, invited them into the group, and then uh, it exploded. And now there's over 250 members. Right. And that's that's actually how I communicated with a lot of the relatives to get mm-hmm. them here because mm-hmm. they follow the Facebook page. Right. And then now they follow our Facebook page here. The Facebook page really made it real for a lot of people. One thing that gets frustrating to me sometimes is the people who come and, and, and they join the Facebook page sometimes don't realize that I also put a web page together. Right. And so they're looking for information sometimes through the Facebook page that's already on the website. Right. And it's sometimes I feel like, well, I'm just going to, I need to direct you to a certain page or I'll, so I'll copy a link from that page onto the Facebook group page and then they can see directly. What kind of traffic does your, does the, does the web page get? Does it get a lot of traffic? Uh, it, it, it doesn't get maybe as much traffic as it used to. Cause I, I don't add as much content right. as I, as I used to in the past, but I mean, I still get quite a bit of traffic. Well, right? for, as if anybody's interested in the hundredth, I thoroughly recommend that you go to Taves page because photographs and military records mm-hmm. and letters, you name it. If Dave could find it, borrow it, steal it, mm-hmm. whatever, he put it on the web page. Yep. One of the things that I did, my probably more more recent projects uh, that I added to the webpage was a uh, page where it's called Soldier Data, and I did it in table format rather than a relational database or database because I I don't have that expertise to put together a, rela- a relational database. And so what I did is I, I kind of went with what I know how to do. And so that was like Excel. So I used Excel spreadsheets. And so what I did is I compiled um, and had some help in putting some of this information together. Uh, uh, one of the, another descendant named Tammy McConaughey uh, helped me put some of this information together. But I took uh, all the soldiers from the regiment and I created a page where it's data that shows everything that you can just about imagine would be information that w- would link directly to that soldier. That's right. And, and I was going to actually copy it for the Roundhead reunion until I realized it would take about four reams of paper yes, to copy it. A lot of lo- it would be a lot of pages yes. to do that. It uh, it's a lot of pages. But if you have if anybody has an ancestor that they think was in the Roundhead. Right. That's the first place to go. That's the first place to go, to go because in the Darlington, Big Beaver, the Northern Beaver County area, and Lawrence County area, most of the soldiers that were in the infantry yep. were in the Roundheads. And it's the very bottom button on the webpage. If you go to the very bottom, on the, there's a series of links uh, that are individual pages, and you go to the very bottom uh, button link on the bottom, and that's the soldier data right. um, page. I, I do notice, and, and thank thank goodness that that Mike Krause, again from Soldiers and Sailors Hall, a lot of the photos and things he oh, shared with you. Yeah. Uh, Mike Krause and Ke- and Ken Turner from Elwood City are t- 
to the biggest roundhead collectors there are. And Ken Turner was another uh, individual that I had never, I knew about, but I had never, cor- I hadn't even really corresponded with him much. Um, I knew about him almost probably 20, close to 20 years ago because I knew he was a collector. But yes, beyond and, and that, Ken and Mike yeah. have written books together. Beyond that, I didn't and, know yeah. much about him. When, and Ken is, uh, is also a Pennsylvania State Museum mm-hmm. Commissioner. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ken, Ken is really interested in history and he brought a lot of interesting stuff. And I'll tell a story that I just told Dave that, that he didn't know about and then I didn't know about mm-hmm. until my wife told me. <laughs> Ken had a an old picture of a reunion of the Roundheads probably in the 1880s and it was sitting on the desk here and my wife watched and this elderly lady probably in her mid-80s looks down at this photo and she says, that is my grandfather. That's, that's fantastic. And she had never seen this picture before. So Ken comes over, he was standing here and he took the picture out of the frame mm-hmm. and, and took the, you know, the, the identification off of it. And he took his camera and he took a great digital picture of it. He's going to send it to her. Now, this is an 85-year-old woman that remembers her grandfather, yes. but she had never seen him in this picture. Yes. So this reunion, and, and not just the reunion, the family atmosphere of this of the roundheads. Well, and it's not just for descendants. Really, the reunion was 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 descendants and and say friends, right? Friends of the roundheads because you know people like Mike Krause and and Ken Turner. They're not necessarily no. um, descendants of the roundheads, but they have an inc- a very uh, peaked interest in in Civil War history and of the area. That's and right. They, and they and they both know about this regiment and the deeds that this regiment performed. It, it's sad that the local community doesn't has never learned this in school well these are things that they don't really teach in the schools. that's right so these are things we need to know though there were some very very brave people absolutely in this town and and in beaver county and lawrence county these people joined up they were not drafted they volunteered to go go to the civil war the the 100th pennsylvania when their three-year re-enlistment was coming up which was in late uh 1863 early uh 1864 and they they were faced with a choice are you going to are you going to see this thing through or are you going to resign because you're only obligated to do three years right and so most of the regiment there were a few that decided not to continue but most of the regiment resigned you have to to remember too right that most of these were young farmers they had never left. They had never left Beaver County. They had never no. left Lawrence County. They're jumping on trains. They're going on steamers. They're doing things they've never done. And after three years of war, especially the Civil War, and they saw horrific sights horrific. of war. Yes, horrific. Sorry. The Civil War was probably one of the most horrific wars in the history of the world. The morale was incredibly low, especially around the time of like uh, Fredericksburg, when the the Union Army was was uh, poorly uh, generaled. <laughs> And uh, Battle of Fredericksburg had just finished. And shortly after that, they had this miserable march, uh, the mud march. Uh, and uh, so all these things were contributing to the morale of, of the 9th Army Corps, uh, especially. And uh, fortunately, at Fredericksburg, the 100th Pennsylvania did not have to go in the second day. They were supposedly going to go in the second day. And Colonel uh, Daniel uh, Lejeure uh, helped convince uh, Burnside to not go in and uh, being part of, part of an assault because Burnside wanted to send right wanted to send them in. So the the regiment had a, a newspaper actually the camp kettle right and in that camp kettle as it was called there was a saying that ended up we know only our country now that tells you exactly what you need to know yep. about the hundredth Pennsylvania yep. that's how they felt. 
They were very, very, it was very important to them to maintain a country as a whole, not to be, not to be divided. They felt very strongly against secession. They were very vocal about copperheads who were people uh, from the North who were sympathetic to the South. And um, they actually had vows against those thoughts of co- uh, that the Copperheads were trying to progress. And um, they published those vows in a newspaper article, which is one of the things I have on the, on the website. Uh, very interesting to read that, to see the actual sentiments of these soldiers. And they actually stated it like, you know, in, in, a, in like a vows right. type of format that, you know, we are going to see this thing through. We we don't believe in you know what the copperheads are saying and and we gotta we gotta end we gotta end this thing and uh, preserve the union so explain to our listeners how the hundredth Pennsylvania got the name the roundheads oh, okay um well back uh, when Colonel Lejour Daniel Lejour was finishing up his uh, three-month uh, regiment which was the 12th Pennsylvania he went to uh, Washington DC to form a three-year regiment. And uh, so he went directly to um, the old uh, the old general Winfield Scott, and um, Winfield Scott uh, also had a, uh, in the room at that time uh, Simon Cameron, the Secretary of War at that time. And so when Leisure requested to form a regiment, Winfield Scott said, "Will these men perform like the ones that you're?" how your regiment did. They were doing some guard duty, bridge duty around guarding some of the uh, entrances into Washington, D.C., protecting Washington, D.C. in the early part of the war, but they missed first battle of Bull Run. And um, he said, yes, that's what we definitely, and they were, and were very devout. They were a very religious regiment. And uh, uh, Winfield Scott knew that the regiment was from the western part of Pennsylvania, which has got a very big uh, Scotch-Irish population as far as the descendants from Scotch-Irish stock. And, um, um, so he knew that, and apparently a lot of these people uh, during the English Civil War uh, followed uh, Oliver Cromwell uh, in the English Civil War. And so he said, uh, "Well, we will get, we will call them Roundheads." And uh, and he did that in a in a um, in a statement that was in honor of uh, Secretary of War Cameron, because Cameron's ancestry also was Scotch Irish. What I find very interesting about this whole thing, and and being part of the museum, we we know a lot about the Roundheads here. It's one of those things in the Civil War. Yes, other companies had names and things, but this one was just so different and so. And I think that's one of the things that makes it interesting mm-hmm. because because the because they do have a nickname, right? And, and a lot of them didn't. A lot of them were just yeah. the Irish Brigade. Right. Right. Or, there were or, some that had, you know, that had nicknames, but this one was a very unusual nickname. Surprisingly enough, and, and you know this is a fact, there's only one statue in any battlefield mm-hmm. that has roundheads on it. Mm-hmm. At Antietam. At Antietam. Yep. That is the only actual uh, statue that has the roundheads yep. on. Everybody in Darlington has this impression that because the statue in Darlington was presented by the Daniel Lejour J.R. Post, that it's a roundhead statue. Mm-hmm. That is entirely wrong. Correct. It is a generic Civil War statue that appears in a lot of other right. cities. It was, right. it was created by a foundry that, you know, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it has it has the, all the battles around it, and it, and it has Gettysburg, uh, Gettysburg and Chickamauga. Where battles yeah. that the and battles that the roundheads right. were not at. Exactly. So, 
it really was in memory of Daniel Ajour and the Roundheads, but it wasn't directly for them. It was for every survivor and every person Absolutely. that died. For everybody that was from the area. Right. Absolutely. So I know there's one exactly like it in, in New Brighton in their, mm-hmm. in their one park and things. Mm-hmm. So, th- so the memorial we have here is not actually a hundredth, which we may one day, we may do something for that. Mm-hmm. We may put well, something up. start here inside uh, Greersburg uh, Academy. Well, yes. And we'll get to that right now. <laughs> uh, for this event on this last Saturday, and I want to thank Dave. He brought a lot of stuff. And Mike Krause and Ken, Nor- Ken uh, Turner from, from over in Elwood City. They brought a lot of interesting memorabilia. So we made the decision, and we've never done this before. We've, we've had a small display of 100th stuff. We're actually going to keep the 100th Pennsylvania Roundheads display up probably permanently and add to it. And some good things have come from this reunion. Uh, I've been approached by a few people. Dave has, is going to leave some stuff and some other people that follow his Facebook page and website. These people are looking for a place for their ancestors' material to reside. It will reside in Greersburg Academy as long as it need be. Uh, what happens to a lot of this stuff from the Civil War, you get somebody like Dave who really loves this stuff, but that doesn't mean his children or his ancestor right. love it. Right. They I mean, may not be interested. You might end up run, you run the risk of something ending up going into an estate sale. Right. And then somebody who buys it in an estate sale may not have the same historic interest. Well, the people who buy in the estate sale, a lot of times it never sees the light yeah. of day again. Yeah, or, or yeah, it goes in a box, or they or they keep it for a while, and then they lose interest, and, right. and then they sell it. So anything that is donated now for the Roundheads will live here in the first floor of Greersburg Academy. Uh, we have a pretty decent display with you know the, the major people involved, local people in particular involved, but it will it will get larger, and through the help of Dave and some other some other interested parties, uh, the display is going to get larger, and we definitely plan on doing some more, maybe not in a Roundhead reunion next year. Maybe something a little different, but it'll celebrate the Roundheads. The Civil War and the event we had yesterday was a different kind of experience for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, History can be stayed and this wasn't. No. This, these were these were old friends right. that maybe have never met each other, yeah, but I, they were old friends. Like you said, you met people that you've talked to for 20 years, 20 and years. you've never met them. And I enjoyed I really had a great uh, photo uh, that I wanted. I, I requested um, to get a photo with uh, the uh, descendants of uh, Colonel Lejeur, Brian Lejeur and his family. And uh, so we took a picture in front of the, the Daniel Lejeur monument. And it was neat because it rep- that photo represented descendants of the first commander of the Roundheads and the last commander of the Roundheads. Well, as you and I have talked and we, we said on Facebook, I really think anybody that was in the Roundheads is looking down saying, you guys did good. Yes, so, I think they were. And I think I, I, I firmly believe they were looking down on us. I really do. I had an experience yesterday. Uh, I was doing some uh, travels around Roundhead country, looking at some area cemeteries, looking for some uh, gravestones to to uh, honor. Uh, I found like 19 different uh, soldiers yes. in, uh, in five different uh, uh, cemeteries uh, yesterday. And um, one of the last cemeteries I, I came across, and I wasn't even looking for it. I just saw a sign for Slippery Rock Presbyterian Church. And I go, that looks interesting because it said it was built in uh, 1863. And I said, oh, I got to go check that out. Right. And so I drive up the hill to the church. And I and I see this church, this beautiful church built in 1863 with this wonderful shiny copper roof and a sharp, really beautiful steeple on this thing, and and then this uh, cemetery spreads out over onto this rolling rolling uh, 
hillside, which is so prevalent here in Western Pennsylvania. And um, I literally get out of my car and, and I'm just over on the edge, near the, the edge of the parking lot. And the first roundhead stone I found, I knew there was probably a few roundheads in there. The very first one I found, I almost tripped over. The stone that I literally almost tripped over was uh, Lieutenant William Smiley of Company C. And I thought it was really cool because um, he is a uh, descent, he was an ancestor of a, of a common Facebook friend and descendant uh, Patrick Patrick Kirkwood, Kirkwood. Kirkwood. Yeah. and he went he went to to school in in this area in I think in 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 the Be- I think in he the did Beaver, yeah I Beaver think he did he's now in Florida he's now in Florida yeah yeah Patrick's in Florida yeah but yeah. um I just I felt like uh Smiley had something to do with that that he kind of you know was looking down and saying you need to stop here and uh come check out the cemetery and and find my gravestone judy foster our, our uh, historian here or genealogist here at, at the little beaver historical society actually went to i want to say 50 or She's 60 cemeteries, cemeteries and she has actually put a powerpoint together with the pictures of the gravestones of a lot of the hundredth and where the cemetery what cemetery they are and so i'm going to try to get a copy of that and maybe get it on the website or get it on your website yeah, like because I, it's, I think it's very searchable mm-hmm. the way she put it together because it's cemetery, cemetery, cemetery. And she's got better pictures than Gravefinder. Gravefinder sometimes oh, has sure. just a plain nothing Absolutely. picture. Judy's one of these people that she loves cemeteries, as, as Dave oh, does. Yeah, I do too. I love walking around. <laughs> as my wife does. Cemeteries are, are the look to history that you'll never see again. My so. feet got kind of wet yesterday. Well, but other than that, I mean, that's a small, small price to pay. You're from, you're from Washington State. That's you ought to be right. used to that's wet. Right. <laughs> kind of web we have web feet out there anyway in the northwest so any final things you want to tell the people that that follow the roundheads or about the reunion anything you want to talk about go ahead last this is your last, last chance let's kind of wrap up yeah um well i i just uh I, some specific maybe topics that i'm really interested in for people ever want to uh, explore some information uh is uh, fort stedman is certainly one of the i think highlights of their service the roundhead service um yeah because uh it was towards the end of the war but there were several uh several roundheads uh there uh in the retaking of fort stedman that ended up with uh congressional medals of yes, honor only two. And i think that's important you know to note things right. like that and also, I'm proud because that happened. Uh, those men that won those Congressional Medals of Honor were under the command of my great great grandfather. So I'm kind of, I, I guess, I'm a little biased there. Here you're entitled. Yeah, Believe I'm me, entitled you're entitled. To that. Um, so that that's that's something that I I, I, I like to make sure I, I mention. Um, but uh, I just want to continue this thing, and it's because the the website is is for everyone, and and I've just it's always been a uh, labor of love to do this. Well, website. as a matter of fact, and I'll tell this story right to end this up. Yeah. I contacted Dave before he flew in and said, I said, can I copy anything on the website and use? And it was oh, like, yeah. that's what it's for. That's what it's for. Yeah. Anything, anything you want, right. right up there. Anybody that's interested in the 100 Pennsylvania, the Roundheads, make sure you check out Dave's site. Make sure you come to Little Beaver Historical Society. Check out the displays in Greersburg, which are only going to get bigger and better. And make sure that you understand these are your relatives. Absolutely. These, I mean, you may not know this. And a lot of people that, that when they found out we were going to have this reunion, yes. did some research and yes. said, well, wait a minute, I have a relative that was yep. in this. Yep. There were half, literally half the regiment was from the Lawrence County area. Um, many from Newcastle, but some outlying areas as well. And we already mentioned, uh, well, let me let me go through this because like, it's easiest for mm-hmm. me to just do, go through this by company. So A was from Washington County. Okay, B was a regiment that was from uh, Lawrence County. 
uh, C was from uh, Butler County. D was from Beaver County right here. Uh, E was from Lawrence County. F was from Lawrence County. G was from Mercer County. H was from Lawrence County. I was from Lawrence County. Uh, let's see, K was from Lawrence County. There was a briefly an I company, which uh, ended up uh, dissolving and kind of the, the men from that company went into some of the other companies, Company I, and then Company M, and Company M came from uh, Westmoreland right. uh, Company, or Westmoreland County. So uh, I think I I think I stated all the companies. Yeah, and and again, th- that was the majority. There were people from Allegheny County that sure. were in these. It was it was just wherever they signed up. They were, yes. This was a volunteer right. regiment, so you could sign up from mm-hmm. wherever you were. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting that so many of these young farmers in the Darlington area... Uh, Enon Valley area, Newcastle area. They, they, as they said, they only knew one thing: yep. our country. That's right. We so, know only our country. That's right. So that was their motto. Yeah. Thanks, Dave, and thanks for coming. I'm glad you came. This was fascinating. We could go for hours yeah. talking about this. I mean, it's local history. Absolutely. And, and so, thank you, David. Yep. Thank you, Dave. 